Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. This whole community is just an amazing group of folks that just love and enjoy life. So let's help them. Let's do well for them. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I'm Frank Jaworski. I'm the guest host. My wife, Anna, is usually the host of this program. But for Heart Month, I offer to do a special program on Sundays. This is the first of four Heart Dad Sundays. And I have a very special guest I'll be talking with today. Tony is the father of Dr. Anthony R. Cordero Jr., one of the original co-founders of the Adult Congenital Heart Association, the ACHA. Tony was involved from the beginning of ACHA as one of the first board members, helping the organization through its initial growth phases in securing its 501c3 designation and assisting in the success of its first conference. After taking a leave from an active involvement for a few years and seeing the phenomenal growth of ACHA, Tony wanted to get back involved as a peer mentor for the organization. Tony says he is humbled at seeing what the organization is today with its exponential growth. Most importantly, he is deeply impressed at how many lives of individuals and families that ACHA has touched and is touching today in both subtle and dramatic ways. Welcome to Heart Dad Sunday, Tony Cordero. Frank, thank you so kindly. Tony, you and I are both veteran dads. Can you tell me about Anthony and when his heart defect was diagnosed? Sure, absolutely. And and. I always enjoy talking about any of our children and and especially Anthony and the challenges or issues or blessings that we have gone through with him. Anthony was born early one morning, February the 9th, 1976. And immediately upon birth, the nurses and doctors knew something uh, was awry, that there was issues. He was dark in color, graphite gray, just extremely dark. They brought in a cardiologist, and he had just recently came back from Houston at Texas Children studying pediatric cardiology, and he guessed that it was transposition of the great arteries that uh, Tony had the issue with. And the hospital in Waco, Texas, had no equipment to diagnose this. It was strict, just strictly his educated guess. So he said we needed to get to Houston to Texas Children's. The hospital made all arrangements in Waco to transport us down there. And I actually went with Anthony, sat in the back of the ambulance with him. And Karen had to stay there in the hospital for her safety's sake. And of course, 40-something odd years ago, that's what they did with moms. They kept them in there for a week or so. When we got to Houston, 
They knew we were coming and they immediately took us. So at the age of 10 hours, Anthony is having his first heart procedure. Well, they wanted to find out what was wrong first off. And they determined, yes, it was transposition of the great arteries. And what happened is that through the femoral artery with the catheter, they did a balloon arterial septostomy, which in essence is blowing a hole in the wall of the heart so that he could have oxygenated blood. His uh, oxygen levels when he first arrived was down 45 to 51 percent. And then after this balloon arterial septostomy, it went up to about 71 to 75 percent. Although still low, it was enough to keep him alive. So were you alone taking care of Tony? Yeah, I was. So, yeah, Frank, and this is 1977, so there's no cell phones. We had a pay phone, believe it or not. If some people can remember what those were. And so I was calling back home and sharing information on the status of Anthony. And, you know, kept doing that. But at 30 hours of age, he actually had a major stroke and died. They brought him back, died again, they brought him back again. And uh, this seemed to be kind of a pattern. And the nurses would say, oh, well, he just uh, forgets to breathe. That was their way of saying that this is a rough go. The interesting thing is that after over three weeks being in the hospital there, and he improved enough to where they were going to discharge us, when Karen and I, the day of discharge, were so excited to go back home that we get in the car and we have, you know, newborn baby and all excited that the doctor said we could go home. And, you know, we were feeling, OK, everything's going to be great and fine. But when they're in the parking lot and get ready to start the car, we look at each other and say, oh, you know, what now? This baby with a congenital heart defect is completely our responsibility where before we had all the doctors, the nurses, and all the equipment and everything 24 hours a day, seven days a week that, that was taken care of him. Anna and I were in the same place. Even though I was a critical care nurse at the time, the thought of bringing your child home like that is pretty scary. Yeah. And I'm sure that all the parents that have a CHD or that are fortunate enough to bring the child home, have this sense of, what do I do now? I mean, I don't know how else to express it, but it's not a hopeless feeling, and it's not a lonely feeling, but it is a feeling of being alone, and this is my responsibility to take care of this sick child. Fortunately, when we get back to Waco, we have a great support group there. You know, we had grandparents and in-laws and uncles and aunts and godmother and all. So we had the help and the support that we needed to, to go through. So you're talking about family, Tony. I know you've been married to Karen for 48 years. Can you tell me their other children, how old they are, their names are? Oh, gosh, Frank, you're putting a father on the, <laughs> gives the birthdays of, of his children. But I think I can do that. Anthony was our second child. Our oldest is Walter. So that's good that Anthony was our second child. And Walter, you know, again, that there was no issues at birth with him. He's perfectly healthy and all. But he's 46 now. Uh, Anthony's 45. Matter of fact, Anthony has a birthday coming up in, in February, you know, heart month, which is very appropriate that he was born in Hartma 
So we're happy about that. Angela's 42, our only girl. Joseph is 40. So there, I think I got that right. (laughs) So I know from having spoken to you before that when your daughter, your only daughter, you said Angela was in her 20s, you had a big surprise. Can you tell me what Angela discovered as an adult that took your whole family by surprise? Yeah, Frank, this is, I think, uh, really interesting. And a lot of folks could say, I, I can't believe what you're telling me here. Angela had been traveling in, to, to Hawaii and Central America and, and had come back home. And I had a, my checkup with my endocrinologist. She said, look, hey, can I come? I need to have a checkup as well. And so she went with me and I'm in the waiting room waiting on her to come out. And she comes back out and says, hey, the doctor wants to talk with you. We go back there and in front of the doctor, she says, how come you never told me about my murmur? Angela, I didn't know you had a murmur. And the doc says, well, yeah, she definitely does. As a matter of fact, so they sent us up to the cardiologist upstairs and come to find out she had a bicuspid issue. And she has a congenital heart defect. And she's 23, 24 years old when we're finding this out. And we were just shocked because what we went through with Anthony, we made sure when Angela was born, that we had her checked out all which ways, inside and out, the heart and everything. And it never came up that she had a congenital heart defect or bicuspid. So if I could urge all parents, even if they think their child checked out, is have them rechecked, particularly with a, a congenital cardiologist, you know, just to make sure, particularly if there's history in the family of congenital heart defect. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Tony, you were talking about Anthony's atrial septostomy, and I never did get to find out what further surgeries he had. Tell me what else they did for him. They had expected to do an open heart on him somewhere around two years of age, 20 pounds. That was kind of a target. And when he was about 10 and a half months old, we're sitting there one evening watching television. All of a sudden, he started having seizures. We called our local doctor in Waco and and, uh, said, do you want us to bring him to the emergency room? They said, no, you get him to Houston right away. So we did. So we got there like early in the morning on a 3.30 or so in the morning that and they determined that they would not be able to wait until he got to be 20 pounds he was at 14 pounds at this at this point at 10 and a half months so they decided that they needed to do the open heart and they did the mustard procedure on anthony at that time but and it was january 10th 1977 i mean so he just celebrated this past january just celebrated his 45th heart surgery I'm not exactly sure what the mustard procedure is. What did they do for him? Well, it was Dr. Denton Cooley, the famed heart surgeon, that did the procedure. 
And what they do is he went in and they cut a piece of the pericardium off, open the heart up, and and insert the piece of pericardium inside the heart, stitch it, and creates a baffle. And remember that the the, the balloon arterial septicemia, the hole in, in the middle of the heart. So the they redirect the flow with that new baffle through the heart. So his blood flows backwards through the heart, but the same way through the body. But just when it gets to the heart, it goes backwards. And that's what the mustard procedure in essence. And that allows these TCH kids to grow in, into adulthood repaired. And, and it's never fixed or, or cured. I mean, it, it, it's just a, a, a repair. How was Tony after the surgery? Was he greatly improved? Actually, after the surgery, they came to us and said they, that he was hemorrhaging. And, you know, the baby that young just has a minimal amount of blood, you know, but he went through four liters transfusion four times. For for an adult, four four liters of blood is a lot. For a baby, it's crazy. Yeah. And and, and they wanted to go back in and I said, what are the odds? And they said, zero. So, of course, my wife and I said, look, the doctors need to make the decision. If they want to go back in, they have our permission. But what happens is, again, power of prayer, in my opinion, and good medical care, the hemorrhaging started slowing down and they did not have to go back, you know, which, which was, as far as my life and I concerned, miracle unto itself. And, and uh, so, so we were very pleased that, that we didn't have to go through that angst. Wow. Okay. So after the surgery, was Tony still graphite gray or? No. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that one. It it was like day and night. I mean, he was just pink. No more graphite gray. Uh, No no more. I mean, it it was just amazing the color and and the attention he would give you. And it was funny. Walter, the oldest boy before the open heart surgery, they would play a little game where Walter would press on his skin that was graphite gray and release his thumb from it and be like white and then turn back to the graphite gray. Anthony liked that. I mean, it was just something that he and Walter, they used to play like that. But after the surgery, Walter couldn't do that anymore. He says, well, hey, what what happened here? (laughs) Excellent. Tony, before the break, we talked, talked a little bit about Anthony's heart condition and the fact that Angela also had a congenital heart defect. Now I want to talk about what spurred Anthony on to start the Adult Congenital Heart Association, the ACHA. First of all, can you tell us how the ACHA came to be? Let me preface it by saying that as a business person, I've owned companies, created companies as an entrepreneur, but I have never done anything to the magnitude of what Anthony and Karen Klein and Bonnie Paulson did in their early 20s in founding ACHA. And it is just astounding that three 20-year-old kids still in college, of course, actually Karen Klein had graduated. She was in her graduate school. But in school, they get together on a chat line. And they say their commonality was 
we have a congenital heart defect, all, all three of them. And say, my parents don't get me. My friends don't understand what I'm going through. But you do. And they said, this is neat that I can talk with someone and it makes me feel better and, and I feel good. So what happens is they decide to get together and, and Bonnie and Karen are in, up in the Boston area. So Anthony flies up there, meets them, and they decide we should make this a little more formal, like a little organization, because I'm sure there's other folks out there that are in our age group that our parents don't understand us, our friends. So what can we do to maybe help each other and talk with each other, communicate with each other? So that was the incubation. And then Anthony came to me, Karen went to her mom, Mary Kay, and said, hey, can y'all help us with starting a 501c3 group, a nonprofit such that we could maybe make this more formal and have a, an organization? So Anthony and I flew up to Boston and we started brainstorming with Bonnie and Mary Kay and Karen and, and came up with the Adult Congenital Heart Association concept. And we applied for a 501c3, got it, and I think it was 1998. October. And we had our first conference that following year in Boston. And we, we had a little bit over 100 folks there. And it was just astounding, the the medical doctors and the patient. And, and, and I think that was what's so unique about ACHA is that they brought, and this was the vision of Karen and Bonnie and Anthony, they brought doctors and patients together and had them in one room to where they could talk together at breakfast, at lunch, and at dinner, socialize in the evening, and have educational segments during the day, the morning and afternoon. Uh, and by the way, as a plug, in June of this year, 2022, uh, we're going to have our ACHA conference in Minneapolis. So urge everyone to go on the ACHA website and sign up for the conference th this year. And we expect, of course, with the pandemic, but historically in, in the latter conferences we've had, we've had over 500 folks, CHDers and doctors and, and nurses and practitioners, caregivers that would come to these conferences. I understand. And, and again, the world where there are doctors and, and, and medical care that the CHDers have access to. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. 
Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Tony, before the break, we were talking about the ACHA. Now, I'd like you to talk about Anthony and his future. Tony, tell us about Anthony getting married, starting his family. Well, I'll tell you what, it's amazing that here we were told by the doctors during that first 30 hours or so of his birth, plan a funeral, and flash forward 45 years later, and I can tell you that he is married to a lovely young lady and has three lovely children, Haley, who's nine, Kira, who's seven, and Everett, who's five. And, and let me interject, there, you know, as my grandchildren, God should have given us grandkids first. <laughs> I, I always enjoy that. But he is a board-certified pediatric psychiatrist, as well as adolescent and adult board-certified in Clackamas, Oregon working for Kaiser Permanente, and just is an incredible young man. He's very athletic with his wife, Lily, and the kids. They go hiking. They go biking. They swim. There's nothing that Anthony and and Lily and and the kids don't do together as a family unit. Uh, They travel. So it's exciting to see the professional not just professional uh, young man that he's grown into, but just simply the young man that he has grown into to be a husband, a father, and a dear son to us, my wife and I. That must be very satisfying for you. I know how proud I am of my sons and what they're doing. So were you surprised that Anthony decided to go to medical school? You know, interestingly, no, I'm not. It's funny. The doctors back in those early days said that, you know, look, he'll be like maybe an accountant or have some kind of job that's very quiet and not stressful. So here he, again, with tenacity and the fight that he has, he turned out to be a, a psychiatrist. And interestingly, too, is that Bonnie Paulson is a nurse. So she's in the medical field. And unfortunately, you know, I, I think most people know we lost Karen Klein several years ago. She passed away. But her dedication and her heart was in helping others through ACHA. And, I, and again, I think that's a commonality of Bonnie and Karen and Anthony all had was to help others in the likeness of the CHD commonality that they all had and still have. Wow, that's an amazing thing because I know that my son hasn't had that kind of connection with other heart patients himself. It must have been, as they said, no one else could understand what they were going through like the other ones could. So I've talked to you before, of course, and I know that you're a grandfather. Tell me about Anthony's children, how you like being pops to those grandchildren. Well, unfortunately, they're in Clackamas, Oregon, and my wife and I are in Texas. That's a long distance to go, but when we do see them, or we certainly Zoom them, Haley, Kieran, Everett, you know, Everett is a spitting image of Anthony 
looks like, acts like, talks like, smiles like Anthony when he was Everett's age. It, it's just uncanny how that is. I will say this, though. Everett has a nice head of hair. Anthony is beginning to bald like his father. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some things you don't want to give your kids, but they get anyway. Yeah, exactly so. <laughs> but again, I, I can't emphasize enough. It's like Anthony is on a mission. And I look at Bonnie, and certainly Karen, keep referring back to the ACHA, but those are two others that, that I got to know intimately well through the beginning of ACHA. But others that I see at these conferences, CHDers, and I tell them that they're on a mission. They have a purpose. You know, a lot of people in life just don't have a purpose or, or a mission. But the CHDers, all of them, they don't define themselves as their CHD issue, but they acknowledge that they have it and they go beyond it through tenacity and, and a mission. By golly, I'm going to overcome this. By golly, I'm going to do this. They said I couldn't, I will. And just sheer tenacity and the will to want to survive and do well and have a nice quality Absolutely. of life. Tony, in the same way that you were looking out for your son, I know your son was looking out for his daughters. Did any of them have any cardiac problems? Were they checked when they were young? Absolutely. And that's a very important point. As, as I, I talk about Angela and how we didn't find out until later, yes, all of the three, Haley, Kira, and Everett, all were checked extensively as far as whether they had a heart defect, and, and they did not. And we're, we're very fortunate. Anthony and Lily are very fortunate as parents. My wife, Karen, and I are very fortunate as grandparents that we've got, I'm going to say, five beautiful grandchildren because Angela has two daughters. Zoe and Aria. And Zoe just turned 15, got her driver's permit. That's scary. <laughs> and Aria is in heart month. She will turn 10. So we're excited. So, so we have four girls and one boy as grandchildren. Wow. Now, I know that you said that Angela has a bicuspid aortic valve. I know that there's a high incidence of first-degree relatives having left-sided heart defects also. So obviously, they're going to watch Angela's children very carefully, too. But it, it is a scary prospect. Right. Not mistaken, Frank. Your son, that was his diagnosis, correct? Yeah. Alex's original diagnosis was hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Yeah. Now they think of more of as a single ventricle patient because of further developments. But obviously, we're watching out for those kind of things. And Alex does not have any children, but his brother, Joey, does have a daughter and and they looked at her very carefully and listened to her heart very carefully for that very reason, because we, we are concerned about the higher incidence for us. So it's an issue that stays with you. Frank, and as you say that, let me just point out one thing, and ACHA has been doing a great job of this in the last several years, is that having CHD, it's a lifelong care. We have over 2 million adults now living with CHD, yeah. and there's more adults now than children with CHD. So the care is better. They're living longer through the tenacity and will of the CHD. -er. But again, we have to assure that they get lifelong care, that they understand that, and, and that we as caregivers help them understand that. 
Absolutely. And I bet you've encountered what we've encountered, which is after Alex's second surgery, people would say to us, okay, so he's fixed now, right? And we'd say, well, no, (laughs) he's not fixed. He's better and he can live his life. But he had surgery again at 17 years of age. And again, he's still not fixed. He's just doing the best he can. I remember one doctor, I I don't know, it might have been Dr. Landsberg out in Boston at our first conference. and, And this is when I first heard this about the word fixed. And he said, Fixed is what you do to a cat or a dog, not a human being. (laughs) I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah, you don't fix them. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking to us about your son and how he was a founder of the Adult Congenital Heart Association. Well, Frank, thank you and uh, your lovely wife, Anna, who I believe this is correct that Before even ACHA was ACHA, Anna and and Anthony knew each other when Anthony was there at the University of Texas in Austin going to school, undergraduate work. Right. But the work that you two do, you as a husband supporting Anna, is just truly amazing and heartwarming and humbled to be part of this and to be part of ACHA. And this whole community is just an amazing group of folks that just love and enjoy life. So let's help them. Let's do well for them. Tony, I love the way you said that. That's all for this week's episode. If you enjoyed this special episode of Heart to Heart with Anna, please check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash heart to heart. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.